0: Welcome to the KC City Church Audio Podcast. We pray you enjoy this following sermon. Amen, amen. Wonderful. Praise God. Praise God. Imagine that. Hallelujah. How God, how God begins to protect. I remember it happened to, my, to our setting as well some, some years ago. Um, it was early in the morning. We heard a big thud. And, and thank God it was just a fence in, my, in, in the backyard didn't come through where we normally would sit in the family area as well. So, you know, God God really, really, really protects us. I'm sure he's protected all of us, even through this week, as, as, as Brian was, was saying, you know, and Krista as well. It's, things just are so fluid in this, in this environment that we are in. One, one week it's off, another week it's on, and, and we don't know what, what next and, and, you know, where to go next. How far can we go? How far can we travel? We don't really know. Have a mask and travel. You know, and uh, can we enter into this place? How do we make sense of these restrictions? We all, it it is becoming more and more convoluted. It's becoming more and more difficult, right? But thankfully, as we've heard, God has not moved. Amen. Amen. He hasn't moved at all. He's the same yesterday, today, and, and tomorrow. And you know, that's, friends, this is so vital in this, in this day and age and in this environment for us to really g- grasp that as the most important aspect. And you know why I asked, I asked for a testimony is this, that I, I'm, I'm touching on the church of Saitira and it is the spirit of privatized faith where we privatize our faith. So, oh, it's my faith. You know, I, I don't need to show anyone about my faith. It's whom I believe. That's it. You know, uh, you, you don't you don't need to believe what I believe. This is just my faith, right? So let's let's turn to Revelation chapter two. We'll go straight into it. There's actually a lot. This is the the, the church in Thyatira was the uh, least. Uh, uh, I would say least um, fancy city, you know, it was, there was nothing much about this, not like Pergamum and Smyrna, per- Pergamum and Smyrna, they were on it, they had this all phenomenal, I mean, it was just a tremendous, place. it's like going to Melbourne or Sydney, you know, going to per- uh, Pergamum and Smyrna, I mean, going to Thyatira is like maybe traveling to Adelaide, probably, you know, <laughs> something like that. Oh I wonder whether I should add Tasmania. I only hope my nephews are not listening in. (laughs) Oh praise God. Hallelujah. I couldn't resist that. But but there was there was something about Tayatira though that I wanna I wanna share. And as we read this We'll we'll come to terms with that. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Thyatira. And by the way, the, 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 the term angel here in the original is angelos, which is not the embodiment of the angel. It is actually to the pastor of the church. That is what it means. So because God can't give a message to the angel to bring to redirect the people. I mean, he can, for sure, but in this context, and we've seen that, right, in the past, in this context, he's delivering a message to the pastor of the church to bring to his congregation so that they would take note of the but. You read through all of the letters, there is a but, or there is a nevertheless, right? And so it starts off in verse 18. Write this letter to an angel of the church in Thyatira. This is the message from the Son of God and the usage of the Son of God as well here. Whose eyes are like flaming fire, whose feet are like polished bronze. You know, sometimes bronze is used in the context of a judgment, polished bronze, right? So, But again, we'll, 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 uh, we'll go through this a bit more, a bit more in depth. And in verse 19, it says, I know all the things you do. I have seen your love, your faith, your service, and your patient endurance. And I can see your constant improvement in all these things. But I have this complaint against you. Here's the but. You are permitting that woman, that Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet, to lead my servants astray. She teaches them to commit sexual sin And to eat food offered to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she does not want to turn away from her immorality. Therefore, I will throw her on a bed of suffering, and those who commit adultery with her will suffer greatly unless they repent and turn away from her evil deeds. And in verse 23, it says this I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am the one who searches out the thoughts and intentions of every person, and I will give to each of you whatever you deserve. And in verse 24, it says, but I also have a message. This is where the sandwich comes in. I also have a message for the rest of you in Thyatira who have not followed this false teaching, meaning deeper truths as they call them, depths of Satan actually. I will ask nothing more of you except that you hold tightly to what you have until I come. To hold tightly. To all who are victorious, who obey me to the very end, to them I will give authority over all the nations they will rule the nations with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. They will have the same authority I received from my father and I will also give them the morning star. Anyone with ears here to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. So this is what God wants, he wants to give us, Jesus wants to give us this. But there is a requirement we need to hold fast. And in a day and age like it is today, it is difficult to hold fast what, what is truth. There were two aspects here, if I can put across to keep it in the back of our mind, that this church, the indictment to this church is tolerance, the sense of tolerance, and the normalization. They were tolerant. They tolerated particular aspects. And they normalized certain things. And today, those words are prevalent in our society and our community. Amen? It is, right? So let me give you a little bit of introduction. Thyatira was founded, this church was founded by Alexander the Great as a military base. His soldiers worshipped Apollo, who was their patron god, and who was called the Son of God. So here Jesus comes and reveals this to to John, who then speaks and writes this down in the spirit realm, and he says, "The Son of God, itself This write this letter the angel said, "This is the message from whom the Son of God." So he's going foot and f- you of know, what what do you say toe to toe, not foot to foot, toe to toe, with with their patron God. And he's saying, hey, I am the true son of God. Right. Not this. Yes. I am the true son of God, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and, and, and it's and interestingly enough that, that Jesus addresses the church. This is the message from the son of God whose eyes are like flaming like flames of fire, whose feet are like polished bronze. So of the seven cities, Thy- Thyatira was the least impressive, both politically and economically as well. But, you know, in the first, second, and in the third century, the church began to grow. The early church began to grow in that, in that city. And it started becoming uh, prosperous, like I mentioned, not like Smyrna or, or Pergamum. You see, Thyatira became a... a it became a, a military base, and it became a military base to actually protect Pergamum. So Pergamum began to sink finance into Thyatira, right? So can you imagine now you, you travel to, into Thyatira, and then you see thousands and thousands of military, uh, uh, military officials that live there, so what did they need to do? They had to have textile shops. They, need to, they, need to, they, they were known for bronze products as well. So interestingly, how God again speaks, I come to you as a polished bronze uses that. My feet are like polished bronze. So it needed to have all types of food to sustain and feed the military. It had access to natural resources necessary for manufacturing bronze. The artisans of the city became well-known for making these impressive weapons, right? The reputation of this resilient and, and, and brilliant bronze may be part of the reason why this letter was, was voiced this way, whose fees are like burnished bronze in Revelations 2.18, right? Now, like, but Niteria also became a center for business, right? It was like, you know, this, this, this major business precinct, you know, it was known for it. So it became the center for a number of what they call trade guilds. So trade guilds are like our modern-day unions, our trade unions, so, the, so these guilds were for wool workers, for linen workers, for garment manufacturers, for dyers, for tanners. You know Lydia, that you know that Paul uh, converted Lydia. Lydia was from here, from this place, right? And she, 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 she was known for this dye purple, right? And... and, and um, uh, uh, sorry, dyers, tanners, potters, bakers, slave dealers, and bronze smiths. So it's like a modern-day chamber of commerce or trade union where the, these, these various guilds now, and this is, this is important, these various guilds really represented the, the, the different industries of that day, just like what we have today, the different industries. Now, and this is the key thing. One had to belong to these guilds in order to participate fully in the economic life of Sayatira. So the, the guilds became now places where both secular and religious things would take place. And so within these guilds, whenever they have particular uh, me- meetings, when they call for meetings, when they call for an AGM, for instance, or when they call for reg- regular meetings, how these meetings were in these, in, in these business meetings were, they would, as they come, they would pay homage to the deities. And then they would begin to drink. And then they would begin to get into orgies and they would practice all of that. And that was all part and parcel. That was the normal aspect. So there was the sense of fornication. There was a sense of adultery. There was all of that, that, that happening in, in, this, in this city, in, in Thyatira. So now imagine as a Christian believer. How are you going to live in that sort of an an environment. And hear this. It it wasn't something that a Christian or someone who had become a believer would obviously feel comfortable to be part of. And if you did not participate in this, you would be given the boot. So there was no choice. You had to participate. If you didn't participate, they would sack you. And you know, within the Roman context, in any Roman colony, you were assigned a place to stay so if you can't stay there now because you've lost your job and why have you lost your job because i'm a believer i can't participate in 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 all of this so now you know where i'm heading i'm only going to i'm only be i'm only going to be touching on there several things to talk about but the only thing i'm going to be touching on today is this dualistic lifestyle that we that that many of us live and that is prevalent in this day and age. I come to church, this is my faith. I come and I flaunt my belief system here. I feel safe to do that. But when I go out there, no, I will, I, I will, I will be more guarded. I don't want to come across as if I'm this, you know, super spiritual person out there. And, and, and So let me just keep it to myself. Let me privatize my faith. You know, in that sense. So that happened then and and, and the Lord and, and 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 the Lord has and the Lord comes major against that. Right? It's a major indictment on 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 this church. But let's look at some of the positive aspects. Right? There are four L's. Right? The first of which is, it was a laboring church. It says this I know of your works. If you read verse 19, it says, I know all the things you do. I have seen your love, your faith, your service, and your patient endurance. And I can see your consistent improvement in all these things. So it was a laboring church. I know your works. It was a loving church. I have seen your love. It says that. It was a loyal church. It says, I know your faith. And that word faith in the in the Greek is pistos, which means this faithfulness, fidelity, and loyalty. So they were known for their for, for being loyal to the Lord, right? This 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 is true of them. So the, the the believers they were they were they were dependable people. They they stood by their word, right? Uh, their, their ministry continued despite The resistance that they were that they were facing, so they pressed on. They fulfilled the requirement of a servant or a steward, as stated in one Corinthians chapter four, verse two, and it says this: "It is required in stewards that one be found faithful." So, when you and I serve, we need to be found faithful. And in talking about faithfulness, I, I, I want to. I want to express my sincere thanks, and I think we all want to express our sincere thanks to Sabina, to Ross, to Susanna, to uh, Con, to um, Yvonne, to Andrew. Andrew, that's right, Andrew Tomlins. Yeah, you're there. Um, For putting together these packs, you would have received these care packs. It was our way of saying, hey, guys, we care for you. We're praying for you. You're not forgotten. You're definitely not forgotten, right? Now, folks, online, if you're joining us or even over here, if you've not received a care pack, it's probably only because we don't have your address. So this is a good way for us to figure out now whose address we have and whose we don't. So in a sense, if, you, if you've not received it, please, if you wouldn't mind giving Sabina your address or Pete over there, Peter Green, give, give them your address today. And online, just send it into info at kccc.org.au, right? Send us your address. We promise we won't stalk you. We'll, we, we are... We will come and deliver something that is that, that I'm sure would be would be wonderful, right so there were they, they were they were patient in, in tribulation and they were they were commended, right This is a good church, folks. It's not a bad church. it is a good church, right and uh, and, and they, they did a lot of good things, yeah. right They definitely did a lot of good things but it is also quite a well-known fact that when, 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 it's, when you start doing something and when it is good, the most important thing is this. How do you journey through that and be consistently good? Yeah. So often it is easy in, in, in tribulation, in resistance, to move further and further and further away, right? We begin to give up our faith. You know, we often say that good is the enemy of the best, right? We've, we've heard that. I think Stephen Covey says that good is the enemy of the best. You know what? I've, I've been thinking of that, and I used to think it is. But in actual fact, I don't know whether that's, that's true. Because when God created, he said, it is good. That's it, period. It is good. But we, over time, have misused that term. So we need to come up with something else that describes something that is better than good. Why can't be good be good enough? If scripture says that? If scripture says that, then let it be so. Right? And and, and this is this is why this is this is what is important. It is important for us to redeem terminologies. That's and, and if we don't do that, we will just lose it and we will follow what the world does. It's very easy. Now, it's not a sin to say good is the enemy of the best. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is is how terminologies come and replace certain things. Right? So, and, and, and a good church. What happens to a good church? The enemy comes and the enemy comes. You, you are the target. We are, we are his target. The church is not what? The church is not the building. The church is you and I. So it's us. So the enemy will target you. And when he targets you, it makes it makes life more and more and more difficult, amen. Yes. So, so all of this whining and dining that these guys had to do, it was a fairly a fairly standard business practice used to set up big, uh, you know, th- these, these big sales, you know, um, whatever meeting that they would they would they would go to. So for for one in order for one to be committed, they had to. There was just no choice. There was just no choice about it. And if we bring it to today's modern context, how much of that happens? If you're into marketing, when people come by, what do you do? You take them around? You take them to probably to the bar, maybe to the club for drinks. They get drunk, they party around probably take them to strip clubs or take them to places where they would want to see certain things that are. And you as a believer now, you've got this entertainment budget now. And you tell the person who's about to sign the deal, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't. Or do you say, yeah, you go in and I'll stay out. So these are all the decisions that we have to make, folks. And these are decisions that this church began to really, really deal with. So uh, the, the question that the church in Thyatira had to ask was this, is life spiritual or is it business? So remember, I'm only harping on one aspect of this church. It's this dualistic mindset. Is life, you know, have you watched uh, these Godfather movies? Uh, where you know you've got the you've got the you've got the Godfather who's the norm, normally they're Italians, right? And they're these they're, they're these gangsters, right? They're these gangsters, and then they send someone. They 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 send someone to come and you know finish you off, right? They finish you off, and so so maybe Giuseppe he come now and he say, hey, O'Brien, you know it is not a personal it is just a business uh, you know it is just a business it is not a personal so you know how they how they divide that aspect right it's it's not personal meaning hey if 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 relationship was it i would not kill you but unfortunately it is not relationship as such it is a business you know in that sense right so so from, what do you reckon, Giuseppe? Was that a good rendition? Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> In case you did. <laughs> so, so, so let's look at the context of Jezebel. Why all of this, right? It's, it's this sense of Jezebel. And, and so Jezebel now comes into the scene. Now, was her name Jezebel? No. Her name probably wasn't Jezebel, but we're looking at the Jezebel of the Old Testament in one Kings, right? And whose husband was King Ahab, who was a vile, who was a terrible king. And so between the both of them, they worshiped the prophets of Baal. Uh, well, they pro- sorry, not the prophets of Baal. They worshiped Baal, right? And, and, you know, part of their worship of Baal was this, that they had to sacrifice babies. That was it. They had to sacrifice. So imagine a baby that is just born. You're sacrificing that child. That was how vile this was. And so now she comes into the scene, and here we see the, we, we, we see the word of the Lord. It says there, she comes in, and she begins to teach this doctrine. Hey, let's divide the body and soul or spirit. Because that's, that's basically what it is. So this woman now, she comes in, and she influences the congregation. So she's this kind of a prophetess, right? And she begins to influence the, uh, the congregation. And she says, this, says uh, do you really think it is wrong? And so the Lord began, he really condemned the church in Thyatira because it had allowed an unhealthy tolerance of her evil teaching and had refused to deal with her. And how do we know? It's it, the word of the Lord says that. So it is easy for us to now presume that this Jezebel like, is like the Nicolaitans in, in Ephesus, right? It's just, just like them. And, and, and there was the sense of arguing that, that Christians now could join. This was the argument. Hey, Christians, you could join a guild and participate in its feasts without actually compromising your faith. How many of you have heard that? Hey, it's okay for you to do this. You don't. You won't compromise your faith. It's okay. Just, just come and just be part of it. Just sit down. You don't need to. You don't. You don't need to participate. You don't need to go into that room. You can just sit out in the outer courts. So to say. Right. So it is important for us to note that apparently her her presence and her arguments were not something that was obvious enough. To them it didn't seem obvious. So from being good what had happened, their hearts became dull. The fear of being I use the word kicked out of the guild was far greater. The fear of losing your job. The fear, what's going to happen if I lose my job? Who do I choose? Those are all daily questions that we have, right? So and, and the, the, the more important thing in this, in, in this letter to the church in Thyatira is this, that the ideas of spiritual formation or even discipleship were really sometimes interpreted through the lens of physical and spiritual dualism, really, right? Thus, opening this new question for faith. If we assume the influence of some, some form of Hellenistic or, 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 this, or this Greek dualism, the likely argument is this, that Thi, here is Jezebel here. This was the adv- advice that she would give. It would come this way. Hey, the rituals of the guilds aren't meaningful even to the pagans. (laughs) They are simply empty rituals. Although the pagan guild members may believe that that the God exists, Christians know that the gods are nothing. That's when believers participate in these cultic practices, they are really worshipping nothing. Ask yourself, is that possible? Is it possible to sit on the fence like that? Participating in the guild meetings gives Christians the opportunity to be witnesses to or positive influences on others. If believers do not participate in the guild events, they will not only be persecuted and excluded, they will lose all relevance in the city and the economy. But the most important thing, friends, is this. God primarily cares. What he cares about is the spirit. He's not worried about your body. If the soul, or spirit or soul, sorry, if the soul of the believer is okay, Right? If the soul of the body so the, uses the, the word spirit and soul interchangeably. If, that, if, the, if, if the spirit of the believer is okay with the, with the Lord, then one can choose to do whatever one likes with your temporal body. So what it is simply saying is this, that you can park your spirit somewhere else. You can park it with God. Let's say you can park it in his kingdom. We just heard the message last week, his kingdom. Maybe that's the reason why Jesus said, and pray this, pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. A question that I had put to the Zoom people last week is, this: how do you know that his kingdom has come to you? Krista preached that last week. How do you know that his, his kingdom has come to you? Doesn't the kingdom come to us when we are confronted with choices? And when those choices that need to be made, how do we choose in that space and time? And what do we choose? But this is it. It's like as if you take your spirit, you put it in the vault. It's locked up. It's safe, guys. It is safe there. Not to worry about that. Come on now, let's go and be merry. We can do anything now. We can do anything that we want to. We can look at anything. We can do anything. We can see anything. We can do whatever it takes. It is not going to impact your spirit. That was the teaching that this Jezebel was putting to this church in Thyatira. Right? And so, imagine now what they are confronted with. It goes from doing all of this and, and the Lord commends them into this, and he begins to now rebuke them. So starting good, whilst it's a good thing, doesn't always mean that that's how things will last, folks, right? The continual progress and evaluating of where you and I are in this journey is absolutely vital, right? Right? And the Lord tells him, I can see, I can see your constant improvement, but I have this complaint against you. So the difficult Christian, uh, uh, sorry, decision for Christians in that city like Thyatira was how much of pagan society to accept and how much to condemn. These everyday pragmatic questions were difficult and urgent and significant and here are some questions for you. And it's not surprisingly that almost every New Testament letter addresses some of these everyday questions, folks. Why am I sharing this in today's context? Because we have an onslaught of this. We are consistently on a daily basis having to make decisions. Every day it's becoming more and more and more and more prevalent and more and more difficult, right? So it is pushing us to make choices. It's pushing us to get away from the fence. Questions like this. What should, these are everyday questions, what should believers wear? What may they eat? And when I say what should they wear, meaning what type of clothes do you wear? Do you wear stuff to expose your beauty? To expose yourself so that you can Draw people into look at me. I'm Sandra D. You know that 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 sense. who should you, who should they marry? Who can they talk to? How should they eat? What should they do with their property? What relationship should they have with slaves and the institution of slavery? How do believers live in the secularized economic world of Sadhiira? but not be in it? That's the question too. Amen? So how do we live in this world, but not of it? How do you? Here's a question for you. How do you live in this world, but not of it? Paul tells us that, right? Right. We're of this world, but we're we're in this world, but we're not of this world. Now, uh, uh, as as I was pondering on that, this is what that really occurred to me. It is the identification of this world. It is where, when he says, we live in this world, but we are not of it. What it simply means here, I believe, is this, that our identity is not drawn from the world. Our identity is drawn from the kingdom, right? So I can live in this world, but I don't draw my identity from this world. This, whatever this world says, oh, you are good. Oh, no, you should lose weight. No, you should this. No, you should that. No, you should, you know, whatever it is. This is what looking good or good-looking looks like. You know, today what I wanted to wear and come, I wanted to wear my hoodie. I wanted to wear that and come to church because you know why? Folks, when you're sitting where you are, you're in your PJs, I'm sure. So I was thinking to myself, why can't I? But the world that my wife and my kids say, that's ridiculous, Dad. You can't wear that, not to church. Right? So I'm under pressure to dress like this. <laughs> you know, it takes all You take this out, you've got to iron it, you can't come crumpled. If it's crumpled, then you look at it and you say, what kind of pastor is this guy? He doesn't even know how to iron his top. Right? I mean, you, you, you know what happens. You know, you know how, I, I'm kind of being facetious a little bit, but what I'm trying to say is this, that to the minute detail, people criticise. The world begins to move. That's why Paul says, I suppose, do not conform to this world, but be transformed. Do not conform, meaning the J.B. Phillips version puts it this way. Do not allow the things of this world squeeze you into its mold. But be transformed, meaning from the inside out. be, be, Be transformed. So, praise God. Let me end with this. And pick it up again. So he did this question. So if Christian merchants were members of the guild and participated fully in guild life, their material and financial interests were secure. But if they refused to participate in the guild's ceremonies, they were then potentially committing economic suicide and faced exclusion from trade, poverty, and even bankruptcy. This is how serious it was, folks. So whilst we read this, we need to think that. That's why I'm emphasizing that, because a day is going to come when you are going to be asked to choose whether you would have the mark, whether you would not. You are going to have to make choices. And where are you and I going to stand? Whom are we going to choose with? praise God, hallelujah, thank you. See, the, the threat to the church's faithfulness came from, interestingly, was it from without or from within? Folks, you've, I've read through this passage. So where was the threat? The threat of faithfulness came. The threat to faithfulness. Did it come from outside or within? It came from within. Jezebel came from within. And obviously, the pressure from outside caused that to happen as well. I mean, there is definitely pressure from outside, but came in to say hey guys it's okay you know it's okay it's okay to live that kind of a life you know so friends be careful whom you speak to be careful whom you give advice let's look at uh, if i can look at psalms if i can look at psalms that's the sustain pedal over there yeah if we can look at uh if we can look at psalms chapter one Psalms chapter 1 says this, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join with mockers or join in with mockers but they delight in the law of the Lord meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the river bank bearing fruit each season their leaves never wither. Friends, consider Consider yourself. Consider people that you know. Are they in a difficult place of having to make choices? I mean, when I used to work in the bank, I had many difficult decisions to make. Right? And I know of friends that consistently had difficult decisions to make. I'm sure you you do. Right? Living in a country where it was really corrupt, now corruption is, I think, rife in every other place. Even in this country, in the state of Victoria, when the top man doesn't even know how 30 million can be spent on h- hotel quarantine and still today can't come up with the answer of who's responsible for it, tell me there's no corruption there. I mean that's the most ridiculous thing. The top man doesn't even know who signs it off. You know, so corruption is everywhere. But in in Malaysia, if you get caught driving, the police would come and they would say, "Hey, you know, I can do you a favor or something like that." You know, and the way they put it to you is not. They 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 don't tell. They use certain terminologies that, that you will know. So after I became a believer, I said. I get caught, I get caught. I have to pay, I have to pay. So I, so I told these guys, I'm sorry, I can't give you, I can't bribe you. And then they turn around and say, oh, no, I'm a Muslim, you know, I don't, I don't take bribes. So if you, if you don't, then why are you insinuating that you want one in the first place, right? And, and, and it is like that. If you want to pass your driver's test, you know, you bribe. You want to do this, you bribe, you bribe, you bribe. And that's the world that we live in. So we've got to make those choices, folks. You and I consistently. So for those of you who are watching, what choices are you, are you making? What choices can we make? Is it easy? No, sorry, it is not. It is never easy. But the grace of God is there. His grace is there for you and I. And if you've made decisions where you've made it based on this dualistic lifestyle, you know, I live my life here in church this way, but when I'm out there, I live it differently. Tonight, the Lord is coming to you and saying, repent. The reason why that, 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 that major condemnation was on Jezebel was this. If you realize, the Lord came and said, repent. Again, came back and said, repent. And she refused to. So sometimes the Lord might be speaking to you. You may be a young person, you may be a teenager and, and, and you know, you've got choices to make because the peer pressure is, is, is ridiculous in today's day and age. right? Social media is crazy. And you've got choices every time you've got choices. Whom are you going to choose? That's the message today. Amen. Are you going to privatize your faith or are you going to allow your faith to be known?